Amen. Go ahead and take your chairs. Praise the Lord. I just got to say it again. Uh, I, I, you know, because I know how the, the, the worship team works. They, they practice every week. And um, I just want to say thank you, ladies. You guys just keep it up. Anthony, Sam, you guys are off the chain, man. Appreciate that. See, the Holy Spirit to a lot of people, oh, there's Sam, is a mystery sometimes. You know, you know. I know growing up, you know, oh, the kukui. You got, you know, you got to have the kukui, the boogeyman. <clears throat> and, um, you know, you get afraid. You know, yeah, you know. He's not, he's not Casper the Friendly Ghost. He's the Holy Ghost. Amen? Yeah, we know about the Father. We talk about him often. Uh, the Son we know. But what about the Holy Spirit? If you understand who he is, you know, really what he is and why he came or, or what he does or what in the world. They just don't really take the time. Or I think they get sidetracked, sidetracked by, by other things because really... He is the most important agent right now during our age, the Holy Spirit. Fewer appreciate completely the vital role he plays in, our, in the Christian life, what he does for you. A proper knowledge of, of understanding of, of the Holy Spirit is, if you're going to live here and walk in this walk and be a Christian for any length of time, it's essential. You, gotta, you better become his friend. Years ago when we first got saved, we, we, we tied in. I know my wife had a... At a, at a morning um, ladies group, they would meet, and, and they'd go to parks, and it was called Good Morning Holy Spirit. And she would talk about that, and, and I was always operating in the gifts of the Spirit. I really believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and I've seen healings and miracles and demon uh, um, from people being um, delivered from demon possession over and over and over. And now that's all the work of the Holy Spirit. So to find peace... Joy, victory as a Christian is only done through the Holy Spirit. And like I've been trying to say nicely, many live far below their potential because they never discovered the Holy Spirit. There's areas where most people don't really think about it. They don't don't take the time. You know, first of all, well, maybe this is one we kind of talk about. We talk about his power. And when we talk about the power, we always talk about, and this is what we do. We talk about the power of Jesus. And, and don't, don't, don't miss me. The God, Jesus is powerful, but he's not here no more. The Bible says that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father forever interceding for us. So when we talk about any kind of power that happens now, no, the power that happens now is the Holy Spirit through you. Amen? Amen. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. His indwelling, how does he live in us? His anointing, the anointing that we have, how does, how does it operate? How can it operate? And if you have the anointing, if you want the anointing, will it operate? His intercession and the gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, living without the Holy Spirit is like this. It's trying to drive a car with an empty tank of gas. Anybody ever tried to do that? See, you might get in it and you might start it up. But if it says "ihole," you better put gas in it, right? <laughs> right? You go in there, "ihole," go together. But some people, no, I can make it. I, and I know because they come, hey, man, you got a gas can? Ah, oh. <laughs> gotta come. God, you know, you gotta get say, you gotta bring your gas can. Well, that's how I feel sometimes with, 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 with as a pastor. They come, pastor, I'm going through it. They ran out of gas. They want, they call me up and they want me to bring them a gas can. 
by that time, they don't, you know, bump their head, got a big old lump here, lump here, you know, you know so sometimes they're in jail wearing a nice, beautiful orange gown. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, what happened, man? I ran out of gas. You can't drive a car on empty. Amen? Amen. So we know without, a car, without gas, a car isn't going to get very far out of that driveway. See, God doesn't demand that, we, that we're able to explain the intricacies of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. However, we have to know who he is. Yeah. A knowledge of him is essential to live a power-driven life. And I don't know about you, but I want to have a power-driven life. Yes. I'm, you know, and I, I, we talk about, and I see some people, how you doing, man? The devil's after me. And they're like, you're like, what's wrong with you? They're like slapping, what's wrong with you? Because although we have an adversary, Right? The Bible said that the devil is under our feet. Yeah. That's right. So you shouldn't be worried about the devil. The devil should be worried about you. Come on, right? But what happens because we do things that we shouldn't do. We're in the sneaky tiki. And all of a sudden the devil shows up and he punks you. you go, Jesus, I know. Right? Right? Larry, I know. Well, Holmes, who are you and that girl? Who are you and that? What's that, that? What you got in that bottle, Holmes? And all, so then we realize that we ain't got no power no more. You know, you done smoked up your power in the pipe the other night, right? Oh. And now the devil comes. Hello? Oh, excuse me, devil. Can I just... You try to... And it, you know, Listerine, don't hide it. The devil knows. And he spots it. So we have no power. And what, not because God doesn't want to give it to you, you give it away right. for these little things. Wow. You know what I'm talking about, these little things? Sometimes those little things are on this little thing, but that's another sermon. Hello, someone. Right? Yeah. So we have to know him to have power in our lives. There's 87 names given the Holy Spirit in the Bible that reveal a lot of information about who he is. 87 different names. The first name occurs in Genesis 1-2. And the last one occurs in Revelation 19-10. The names of the Holy Spirit. So we got to look at how he works in the Old Testament. And we, 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 we want to talk about how he moves in the New Testament. Because the Old Testament says a lot about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The first scripture we read, the, the psalmist, King David, writes the psalm, and he writes it in anguish. He's at a point where, where, where he's been in sin. He fell with Bathsheba, right? So here's, here's King David. You know, they said he was a ruddy young boy, handsome, curly hair, right? Ruddy means he's like, like fair skin, red. And he saw, he saw Bathsheba. Bathsheba, Beth meaning female. Sheba meaning that she was from the north part of Africa, the queen of Sheba. Sheba is, is northern Africa. That tells me that the ruddy little King David fell for a sister. <laughs> Black girl from Sheba town. Hallelujah. She, he, he done got Sheba'd. Right? So he's in sin. He falls for sin. You know, and poor David, you know, he's out there and, you know, Bathsheba knew what she was doing. Because, ladies, does anybody take a bath outside? No. Except for Bathsheba, because she knew there's David. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's, so he falls, and he's in this point of conviction. He's feeling miserable. And he knows that he blew it. Nathan told him a story that revealed his sin, right? And he's at that point, and he writes this, and he says, 
don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He was, the Bible says in other scriptures, that, and he described himself, that his bones ached. It ached and ached and ached and ached. So he's writing this psalm. You know, it's almost like the original blues. You know, when, you're, when you write a blues and you're, you're sorrowful and you write this song, sometimes even country music, beers and tears, right? They talk about, well, she left me for my friend, right? And they talk all this stuff. Well, he, he's aching. He's aching, right? And he tells God, don't, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't, 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 don't remove your presence. I know I blew it, but God, please, Holy Spirit, don't leave me. That's where he's at. He's hurting. Uh, I believe we will gain a deeper appreciation of the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, we're going to grab a dependence on him so we can live a power, power power-filled life. Father, I pray that you send your spirit into this world to draw us to you, our Savior. See, the Spirit came and says in Genesis 1-2 that, that he, he, he came upon the waters and that it was void and there was a darkness over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. See, in the beginning, God created the Holy Spirit, hovered, and with these five majestic words, the Bible declares that, that the Holy Spirit, God himself, stands alone before all creation of the universe and he makes something out of nothing. Spoke it. Huh? How does he create the world? The world. Huh? Hovering. The word hovered, the Bible suggests like a bird tenderly approaching her helpless children and as hovering. You ever see those, 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 those history channels where they have a National Geographic where there's, there's a big eagle and you got these little chicks. And this eagle is coming in, you know, they're moving. And all of a sudden, right when it gets to the nest, it, and it doesn't even touch the, the bird. Bleep, lands there. And the little bird there, give me my worm, girl. Right? Comes right in there. But that's how the Holy Spirit, it was hovering like that over the face of the deep. Hovering. And he decided to make something out of nothing and spoke it into existence. Yeah. Huh? We may be sure of this. God's Spirit was there in the beginning. The Holy Spirit took the formless mass, moved through darkness, filled the emptiness, and prepared the way for you. Prepared the way for God. Prepared the way for Jesus. He sets things in order when he speaks. The power of the Holy Spirit always sets things in order. Be careful what you say. We were having a con- I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. And they said, oh, I don't like doing this. Every time I go over here, this happens. I go, shut up. Don't say that. The reason why every time you go there, it happens because you say, you're saying every time you do this, this happens. So you don't spoke it into existence. Don't you know the power that you have with your words? Stop saying that. Don't talk that. See, and because most people don't understand the, the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they use these words very loosely. Oftentimes cursing themselves. The doctor says, you have a lump. Hmm. It looks like the possibility you have cancer and you go out and you walk out the doctor's office. Man, I have cancer. Don't say that. Rebuke that. Because so oftentimes you, you go in not feeling that bad and you come out feeling worse because they done cursed you with their deductions. Listen, they call it a practice for a reason. Hmm? No, God, the Holy Spirit hovers over the darkness today, hovers over the darkness of your life. Though we may not see him or feel him or, reach, uh, or, or can't reach out and touch him, he hovers. He still moves on the emptiness of your life. The emptiness of my, my, my hurts. 
He hovers like a bird over a whole bird. What is he doing? Oh, good stuff. You're going through. Anybody going through it? Raise your hand. That's where God likes you. He wants you to victory, but he likes you there. Why? Because when you're going through it, that's when you're willing to say, God, help me. When you're not going through it, you know how it is. When you have it made in the shade with lemonade, you ain't tripping. You ain't asking for God. You know, you, you know what you're asking for? For another margarita. But when you're going through it, all of a sudden, oh, God. Oh, see, God likes the emptiness of your life so that he can hover on you, get your attention, and begin to speak to you. Without that... Sometimes we just move on and never have room for him because we don't understand his role. Oh, yes, yes, the Holy Spirit always prepares the way for God to bring us out of darkness. God, as your spirit once over, hovered over the darkness across all of creation, help us believe that in the darkness of my life, you are still there, still watching, still protecting. Thank you for Thank you, Lord, that you, the light of your presence will shine on my life again. To the spirit of the father, of your father. Matthew 10, 20 reads like this. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Now, we're hopefully he's your daddy. We can tell if he's your daddy or not. Because some people say, oh, I know Jesus. Yeah, right. Because if we follow you home, we'll know who you is. Right? Right, we will. Yes, we will. If I follow Mike home, and he go, I got kids, Pastor. I go, yeah, and if I follow him home and I come home and I see kids and I'm looking at him and all his kids come out, hi, Dad, right? Right here. And he's, he got, I'm just make-believe, and there's a, he's got his wife, blonde hair, blue-eyed girl, right? If I go see, no, be a Filipina, huh, right? No, no, no. <laughs> He's single. And if I go home and he goes, here's my kids, and he got a blonde hair, blue eyed girl, and him, and they come out with kinky hair and all ashy, oh, I'm going to hold up, Jack, something's wrong right here. I don't know if you're his dad. I don't know if that's true. I don't know, Mike. You might not be the daddy of that one. <laughs> something happened, right? Right, right? We'd be saying, like, we'd be tripping, like, whoa, Mike, what's up with that? Hey, homegirl, what you up to, man? <laughs> Right? In other words, those kids better look like them. Well, same thing. If you say Jesus, God is your father, well, then you better look like him. See, the Holy Spirit ensures that you have the right DNA because when he comes in you, he takes your wretched, no good for nothing DNA, he turns it around and makes it righteous, holy, and right where it should be. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you will begin to look like him. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, hang in there. Everybody will know. We will. You can't hide that. They may not say it to your face, but, you know, they'll look at you. Oh, here comes Sister Flesh Monster. Watch out for her. (laughs) Charlie's right there. She ain't right, boy. But she looked so holy in church. Yeah, but you can see her unholy at the nightclub, man. She, whoa. You guys know somebody like that. Don't look around. Don't look around. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Amen. See, Matthew 10, Jesus told his followers several important facts about the future. They're going to go through stuff. They're going to face hard opposition in the world. And oftentimes the opposition will be from religious folk. People who know the Bible. Right? 
Such persecution will bring the followers of Christ before governors and kings and rulers, and they're going to have to share about this God who they follow. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit, you don't have to worry about it because the Holy Spirit says, when you're there and you need to share, I'm going to give you the words. But if you're not a part of the right DNA, you'll get there and say, well, I went to church, man, and my old lady made me go. Uh-oh. Don't know, man. Don't know. I was there. I was faking the funk. But now that you got me here, I don't know anything about Jesus. Jesus I, know, I know one Jesus, but we call him Jesus. He was from the neighborhood. A... <laughs> right? Uh-uh. See, Christ ordained such things as you go through it in order that his followers might have an opportunity to explain their faith publicly. See, he wants you to be persecuted sometimes at church. I mean, at, 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 um, oh, at church, but at your job. Anywhere. Why? Because he wants to give you an opportunity to talk about what you think you believe. You know, you're at church and you know how they talk about you. Oh, look at that. Hallelujah. You ain't all that, bro. Come on, sister. Hallelujah. Then you have an opportunity to share your faith. But if you don't have the right DNA and you don't look like your daddy, they say, oh, look at you. Go, hallelujah. You won't say nothing. Oh, you know, they, they know me. Did they see me last night? Were they there? How, how do you, why are you looking at me like that? Are you looking like nothing, nothing? They don't know anything. God does. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Say, oh my. oh my. See, right now I ain't preaching. Like I said, I'm meddling right now. Amen. <laughs> Uh, see, we have to speak into the darkness of our lives. Amen. Huh, does this get you excited or worry you? What do you mean, speak to the darkness? What do you mean? What do you mean? We're going to speak to the darkness of your life. Is that, are you excited about that or are you, are you embarrassed about it? Because some people say, don't sleep, don't, no, leave my darkness alone. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm war. Slipping into darkness. Bet it. Right? <laughs> Pretty soon you're gonna pay. Right? I'm already going right now. Get the band up here. You don't want you don't want us to know about your darkness. Right? See, most would prefer to live a quiet life with our family and friends. But Jesus warns us that it won't always be so easy for some of us. Because not all your family are gonna get saved. Listen, when you if you get hardcore saved, most of your family ain't gonna like you. Because they're still getting loaded, and you're, you're, you know how you said, you're, you're, you're wrecking their high. And sometimes when you want to get high, you just want to get high, man. Don't bring me down, man. You're ruining my high. Here comes hallelujah. You're going to tell me all that I shouldn't be doing this and shouldn't be dead. Get out of here. How do I know? Because I did that. Amen. Let's go back here before I snitch on myself. Huh? Matthew 10, 34 reads, do, you, do not think that I've come to bring peace on earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father and daughter against mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Ooh, that's heavy, huh? Let me read that again, Matthew 10, 34, in case you think I'm making it up. See, when you really get saved, your family should get mad at you, especially if they're not. If they don't get mad at you, maybe you're not as saved as you think you is. I mean, if you're, and you know, you know, like my family. My family were all drug dealers, right? They're all drug dealers. History of drug dealers and dope fiends. When I got saved, they got mad at me. And you know, and me, I was like, the, I was always a joker, and, and I had a mouth. I didn't care. Too bad you don't like it. Tough. What you gonna do about it? Come on. What you gonna do about it? See, that's what I thought. So you look, I'm saved. Knocked you out. Is <laughs> I did do that. Then I got more. You know, the, the Holy Ghost con- convicted me. Hey, you can't act like that. 
You can't, you gotta win them over to love. Love? Man, do, you, do you see him talk about me like that? Let them talk about you. What do you mean, let them talk about me? Let them talk about you. Let them talk about me? I'm having a conversation with God. Across that line. I'm, I'm like, oh, is there anybody else up there? Because I don't like what I'm hearing up there. Hmm? No, no. It says, for I have set man against his father and daughter against his mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. A person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves the father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Oh, my goodness. Good thing I don't believe that right now because you might get mad at me. No, I'm just kidding. I do believe that. That's what happens. When you come to the Holy Ghost and he begins to change your DNA, all of a sudden, you know, you have a certain DNA. All of a sudden it changes and you look at your family and they don't look the same no more. You know, when they cussed before, it was funny. And when, when they rubbernecked, it was, you were with them. And now all of a sudden your DNA is changing. What am I, I can't act like that no more. And, and they're, they're acting, I used to act like that. No, no, no. And all of a sudden you stop doing it, then they get offended. Oh, I get through. Who do you think you are? You think you're all holy now? You, oh, yeah, before you were with it, now you want, don't judge me. Don't judge me. I, I know in your Bible it says don't judge. We're not judging. Huh? The Bible, Christians are called to be fruit inspectors. Listen, if you're a rotten banana, we can tell. That's not judging. You know, your skin is all black and rotten and moldy and soft. You know, amen? See, sometimes living for Christ brings us into direct opposition with people. Because we're, we're being led by the Holy Spirit now. What should we say, right? How should we act? Ah, oh, you're going to have to come across that, right? See, being a Christian in an unbelieving world isn't going to win you a popularity contest. It's not. But don't worry about it. See, in your moment of crisis, the Holy Spirit will show us what to say, how to, what to do. He will show you. He'll give you the word. Those who are faithful to Christ can rest in the confidence that the Holy Spirit will be with them when their faith is under fire. God's going to be with you. Hang It's going to be all right. Uh, if we are faithful to Christ, sooner or later, listen, I'm not trying to bring a, you know, gloom and doom, but if we are faithful to Christ, sooner or later, trouble is going to find you. Huh? Because you can't be holy and righteous when everybody else is lying. You can't. You can't do that because they're going to get mad at you. So when you do do that, as you should, expect that. And when it happens, you can say, man, Pastor Al said it would happen. It's happening. It's happening. God, it's happening. I didn't do nothing. I remember one time my mom, my mom was mad. She was like, just didn't want nothing to do with me. She would, I'd come to her house and she'd sneak at the back door. Literally. She would run from me. Nothing to do with me. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I would get all, man, my mom don't even want to see me no more. Wow. I get kind of hurt, and my wife seen my mom take off. And I, I called her one time. I told her, Mom, would you rather have me dealing drugs like I used to? I'm just trying to live right now. And you know what she said? You never dealt drugs. I, I, mm. She refused to believe it. I was, a, I was dealing drugs when I was in the Army in boot camp. I was dealing drugs, and I was a, I was a black market bootlegger in Europe. Are you kidding me, Mom? Now I'm changing. God is changing me. And you don't want nothing to do with me? Hmm. Fortunately, before she died, I led her to the Lord and baptized her. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
So Jesus says, be on the guard, but don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit will be standing up for us, and we will receive life and life more abundantly. Yeah. Huh? So I thank you, God, for sending the Spirit, for sending one like you, one that would come in the time of trouble. May I never be ashamed of Jesus. Always lift up his name. See, he's the breath of life. The Holy Spirit breathes life into you. Genesis 2-7 reads, And the Lord God formed a man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Ra, that word is ra. The phrase breath of life therefore refers to more than just simply air but that Adam breathed, but it was a spirit that he gave to man. It's this animating life force that comes from the Holy Spirit. So you may be a live animal prior to Jesus, but you're not alive. It's not until the Spirit of God gives you life. You have real life. Huh? Not until you have that spirit in you. That then you begin to really deduce good from evil, right from wrong, holy from unholy. And not only can you deduce it and look at it, but you begin to act accordingly. Why? Because now you've been given life. See, before that, you were alive, but you had no life. You were following the whims of your flesh. You were following the whims of the world. You did it. Whatever you felt was good, you moved on it. And if anybody questioned you, shut up. But now when God comes to your life, he breathes life. All of a sudden you go, wait a minute. I just can't do what I want to do. I just can't act like I want to act. Not because anybody's putting any rules. Oh, don't go to Victor Arch. They're going to tell you how to act. I ain't going to tell you how to act. If I'm the kind of pastor who says this. If you want to go to hell, go for it. I, I ain't mad. I'll love you right to the pit. I'll walk you to the. I'll walk you to the gates of hell. But I ain't walking past the gate. You're on your own, Jack. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Cause I could go to bed. At least I tried. Like I said, right? God doesn't send anybody to hell. Hell is full of volunteers. You have to. And in this church and in this place, you have to really want to go to hell to go there. <laughs> because you hear too much you have too much not to go there you must really want to know I'm, I'm adamant I'm going to go to hell well go for it amen no he breathed life so we want to change and this life comes from the only from the inbreathing of God's spirit huh? life real life comes only from God right both physical and spiritual, God. So we owe our physical and spiritual life to the Spirit of God. And without the inbreeding of the God's Spirit in the work of our regenerating our life, we could, be not, we could not be born again without God breathing into us. The Bible says you must be born again. Born again. God, I thank you for breathing life into me. I thank you, Lord, for changing me. I thank you for your work in me. For keeping me on the right path, though I might fail, you never fail me, God. Holy Spirit, I thank you. See, it's his spirit. It's by his spirit. God said in Genesis 6, 3, Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever. For he's mortal. His days will be, hundred, will be, will, will, will be numbered. This described the evil days before the great flood. He's looking at men and how evil they were. He goes, you know what? I will not contend with these men forever. In fact, you'll read right after that, he got, it said the Bible says he repented, he made man, and then he began to destroy all of men. Except for one, he found righteous. Just one. And that was Noah. Huh? So instead of getting better, mankind had gone steadily 
downward. From the beauty of Eden to the gutter of the days of Noah. Open sin. The world was ripe for judgment. God saw evil covering the earth like a dirty blanket. He goes, I will never, I will not always contend with these people. Imagine that. Imagine a day comes, and listen, it can't happen. Imagine a day would come to you after God is dealing with you, dealing with you, trying to, loving you, loving you, loving you, and you keep rejecting him, rejecting him. Listen, my friend, God will not be mocked. There will come a time, he goes, I will not contend with you. Yeah. <coughs> I worry about that. King David, open scripture, describes that. He was at that point, and God, he knew God was coming to that point where he said, I'm not going to contend with you no more, David. And he repented. God, don't leave me. Please. He pleaded with him, don't take your Holy Spirit. So he understood the gravity of his actions. He understood it. Even in this desperate situation, God's Spirit still somehow was not absent. Hmm? He was striving and contending with, with a wicked mankind. The warning was clear. God's spirit will not strive with man forever. See, those who refuse his voice will eventually face God's judgment. Don't worry about my judgment. Mm -mm. In the days of Noah, God withheld final judgment for 120 days. But the rains of the judgment finally fell from heaven, and a mighty flood covered the entire earth. Understand this, Noah was there preaching, repent, repent. God is coming. He's coming. He's going to deal with us. He's coming. Repent for 120 days and not one. Um, you may not understand everything I'm going to say tonight, today rather.